Okay, so the topic for this year, the uh, source sheets are being uh, spread around. The name that we don't use for Yom HaTzma'ut, in honor of Yom HaTzma'ut, Tafshim Pei Gimel, 75 years of Medinat Yisrael. So it's interesting, if you study the history of Medinat Yisrael, how do, how do Chagim get established? How did Yom HaTzma'ut get established? And there's a, little fa- there's a little story here. Anyone know what the original date for Yom HaTzma'ut was? It should be Vav. Okay, it should be Vav, fine. The original, the first time they celebrated Yom HaTzma'ut, it was not called Yom HaTzma'ut. It was called Yom HaMedina. It was the 20th of Tammuz. Why the 20th Tammuz? This is the day, this is the, uh, the Hilula of Theodore Herzl. Was on the uh, the 20th of Tammuz, and so they had a celebration. This is short after the uh, just a few months after the establishment of the state. Uh, but then they decided, you know, by the next year, by 1949, that May 4th, Hayyar was going to be the day of independence. They decided to have anybody know what they had on that first year? They had a very special form of a celebration. Anyone know what they did? They didn't have a fly. Well, they sort of had a flyover. They had a parade. They had a parade, but it was a famous parade because it was the parade that didn't march. There was a major, major balagan in the streets of Tel Aviv. The army was not able to get from Dizengoff uh, Square to, uh, from Ben Yehuda to Dizengoff. They couldn't get a few hundred meters to get to the official ceremony. And the paper said the next morning, our, uh, our incredible uh, Tzahal that conquered, uh, conquered all of Medinat Yisrael, all the way to Eilat, they couldn't get through the streets, so they couldn't conquer the streets of Tel Aviv. And the reason was because there were hundreds of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people in the streets of Tel Aviv. It was chaos, it was a balagan, and, uh, and, and they still can't conquer the, the streets of, uh, of Tel Aviv. So this is... This is but another, another fascinating point is is the, the name for this, this Chag. We call it Yom HaTzma'ut. What does Yom HaTzma'ut mean? What is it? it means HaTzma'ut is independence. But originally they were going to call it Yom HaKomimiyut. Yom HaKomimiyut. And if you see this, uh, this little picture that I put here, which is from one of the early newspapers, HaMemshala Achlita Likbo Midei Shana B'Shana Et Heiyar, Yom HaKarzat HaMedina, Ki Yom HaKomimiyut. B'Medinat Yisrael, Zei Yeh Yom Chag Rishmi. I think this is written sometime in uh, 1948, leading into 1949. It's going to be called Yom HaKomimiyut. Another fascinating incident that took place in the Knesset when they're debating the meaning of the day, there were secular, uh, secular Knesset members from the Mapai movement who were telling the rabbis, you know, this would be a really good day to establish to have Hallel on, on, on this day. And there was this discussion, all these, it was just a fascinating uh, debate in the, uh, in the Knesset. Now, what happened ultimately is that Yom Atzma'ut won the, won the day, and that became the official title of the, of the Chag. But Ben-Gurion himself was very stubborn about this, and he insisted that it remain Yom HaKomimiyut. And indeed, in, uh, in the Megillat Atzma'ut, which uh, has been, been widely discussed in the last few months especially, the first lines, which were penned by Ben-Gurion the night before, said as follows, Be'eret Yisrael kam ha'am in the land of Israel, the Jewish people were established. There they crafted their uh, spiritual character, their religious and their political, uh, political uh, character. There they lived a life of komimiyut. What's, what's komimiyut? Anybody know what it means? What's komimiyut? What's the shoresh of komimiyut? Ah, uh, come, lakum. 
Okay, so uh, it, it speaks to, they lived a, a political, a, a, a life, a, you know, they had statehood with strength, with pride, with glory, upstanding, with might. And there we established great uh, prized possessions, cultural uh, possessions for uh, national possessions as well as uh, for, for the entire world. And we bequeath to the world the book, what is the ultimate book? Is it the Talmud? What is it? Tanakh. The Tanakh. Okay, and this is an important point for Ben Gurion. For him, he draws a lot from Tanakh, not necessarily from other Svarim in uh, in Halacha. Now, <coughs> there was a conversation between Ben Gurion and Shlomo Avineri. Rabbi Shlomo Avineri questioned Ben Gurion, "Why are you so insistent on keeping Yom Hatzma, Yom Hakomemut as a title for this Chag?" And he explained as follows: He says that Yom Hatzmaut is very Melachutit umechudeshet. It's, very, it's a very manufactured term. He doesn't think it has any, any deep origin. And he says, and I'm quoting from the last line here of the second source, Bitu yoter amok. Yom HaKomimut is, first of all, it comes from Tanakh. And it's a Bitu yoter amok v'noaz. It's a more bold and deeper phrase. The ma'amad shal am ben chorin. For the, uh, for a free people. Okay, for the important status of a free people. Me'asher b'milah ha'meumemet atzma'ut. Besides the word, the softer, sort of um, amorphous word, atzma'ut. And so Ben-Gurion preferred komimiyut uh, to atzma'ut. Now, what does komimiyut really mean? What is its basis in Tanakh? Anybody know where it appears in Tanakh? How many times does it appear in Tanakh? V'tolichenu komimiyut la'artzenu. Where is that? V'tolichenu, where does that appear? Okay, that's in Tefillah, but where does it appear in Tanakh? Where does Komimiyut appear in the Torah itself? Anybody can answer. Where does it appear? Ba'olech atchem, Komimiyut. Where is that from? It's from B'chul Kotai. It's from the brachot that precede the Kalalot of Parashat B'chul Kotai. If you look at the next source, Ba'ikrak Kafav. V'yitalachti b'tochichem, Hashem blesses the Jewish people. I will walk in your midst. V'yitalachem Elohim, v'atem tulidam. You'll be for me a people, I'll be your God. Ani Hashem Elokechem, Asheratetei Yatchem Eretz Mitzrayim. I'm Hashem, you're going to take it away. Egypt, miyot lehem avadim. And I removed you from being slaves. V'eshbor motot ulchem. And I broke the motot. What are the motot? What are the bars or chains? What type of bars and chains are we talking about? Motot ulchem. What's an ol? The burden, the yoke. I broke the, the, the chains, okay, or the bars that were on the yoke, okay? Think of an, of an animal that's, uh, that's grazing in the fields. Va'olech etchem komimiyut, and I will walk with you komimiyut. This is the only place in all of Tanakh where this idea of komimiyut uh, appears. And, uh, but then it also appears in our tefillot. We said it a few times already this morning. Look right above this. And first of all, in the Brachat Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippurim, he blesses the Jewish people. It should be a shnat tolichenu komimiyut le'artzenu. A year in which we are walked upright to our upstanding, to our, uh, to our land. In the Brachat Avar Abba before Shema, v'tolichenu komimiyut le'artzenu. And also, Berkat Amazon, which we'll recite in just a little bit. Arachaman yishpo aleinu me'al tzavarenu. V'yu alechenu komimiyut le'artzenu. So what does this really mean, komimiyut? What does it mean to stand with komimiyut, to be a people who built a nation, be komimiyut? Is this a spiritual idea? Is this a political idea? So Rashi and Rashbam tell us, again, they refer to this yoke, the yoke that's taken off the animal. God removed the yoke of slavery which burdened us, which brought us down. And Rashbam points out, komimiyut kishehusar ha'of, zokefet roshah. When you remove the yoke, then you could stand upright.
you could stand up straight. When did this happen? When did we become upright as opposed to bent? When did this take place? Okay, Yitziat Mitzrayim. So that's interesting that you pointed it out, Yitziat Mitzrayim. So the Rav, Rav Hirsch argues it's not exactly Yitziat Mitzrayim. That's the beginning of the process, but it's really just the beginning. And if you look in this piece by Rav Hirsch, he spiritualizes this idea of Komimiyut. Ben-Gurion spoke about this in the Megillah Atzmud as a political idea. There were a strong and mighty and fearsome uh, sovereign nation. Rav Hirsch spiritualizes this idea. If you look at the bottom of the first page, Kulad Mitraim Shavra Atom Mitraim Malenu. Yitziat Mitraim removed the yoke from us, but it was just the beginning of the process. But we were still burdened. We still had a weight on our shoulders. Now, when did we really become free? When did we really become up? You know, when did we become stand bekomaz kufa? When was that? Huh? Matan Torah. Matan Torah is when we became truly free. Right? Only a person who engages with Torah study is truly, uh, is truly free. And our free, and, and I love that he uses the phrases here. These are big phrases. You see them all over the billboards around Israel today. What truly gives us freedom and, uh, and liberty? This is the, uh, this is the Torah which gives us komimiyut. So there's a, a political idea of komimiyut, and, uh, but also now a spiritual notion of komimiyut. Now, if you go to turn to page two on the back, it's a really fascinating discussion about this phraseology because we've incorporated komimiyut into our tefillot. Should we say, What might be the problem with that phrase? We're already here. We're already here. Baruch Hashem, we live here in Medinat Yisrael. We have uh, 10 million people living in our country. Okay, we started out with 600,000. We have 10 million people. We have a strong, uh, strong army. We have an incredible uh, uh, country that we've built. What do you mean? Why are we praying that Hashem should bring us to the land? Okay, this would appear to be a, uh, maybe it's a tefillat shav, or, or, it's, or it's, it's kafui tov, to say Hashem, bring us to the land. He's already brought us to the land. Right? Okay, so David, so one option, one option, Moreno Harav David Fensterheim skips this, uh, this phrase. Now you skip this, you skip it in Ahavara, but where do you skip it? Well, you were talking about Birkatamazon. Okay, so you skip Birkatamazon. Okay, fine, okay. Okay, you just moderated what you said considerably. Because, okay, to skip it in Birkatamazon is one thing. Avudaram points out the Harachamans at the end of the Birkatamazon are uh, voluntary. You can add in anything that you, that you might be davening for. But, but uh, I'm davening for the Amid here for Shabbat Musaf and Talenu Bismchali Artsenu, I skip. Okay, that you yeah, skip. Okay, we didn't notice. Okay, now we will. Now we will. Okay, but actually, it's very interesting that you said this because Maharan ben Khabib addresses that particular phrase, and I think there's actually a very good reason to keep that in. And uh, where's Dudi? We'll just tell Dudi that he shouldn't daven until uh, <laughs> until we get we get written haskama that you're going to include it in the uh, mitzvah. What's that? Lay with the custom. Do you guys include with What's the? Uh, Usually, I'm like kiddush You're like By us, people are sleeping more than a kid. Okay, top. Okay, so if you look at the, the, on page 2, this question was raised in the 16th century. Rav Yaakov Chagiz 
Sometimes we think that Jews only came to Israel in the 1880s, 1920s. That's sort of the, the mainstream uh, you know, narrative uh, that we have, Zionist narrative they have today. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not true, in fact. Jews were living here. There was a Rishon Zion here already dating from the 16th century. Okay, from Ottoman times. 500 years ago, there was a chief rabbi of, of Yerushalayim. Okay, Rav Kook was the first chief rabbi, Ashkenazi chief rabbi of the Yishuv. Long before that, there were many, uh, many chief rabbis. The Sfaradim came after uh, Galut uh, Sfarad. Rav Yaakov Chagiz had a yeshiva in Yerushalayim, and, uh, and he's asked the following question, Maybe we should say, Hashem, uh, help us establish sovereignty, strength, uh, you know, here, be'artzenu. And what's the answer? Tshuva. Kach nohagim no'omra. That is our custom, to say be'artzenu instead of le'artzenu. V'mayu omrim le'artzenu lo'ofsidu. Okay, if you say le'artzenu, you don't lose out. Ki'ein mekomoshol kol adam nikar. We don't know where a person is when they're davening. A person could be davening in Bavel, in America, in South Africa, in England, but they could also be davening in Eretz So the, the nusach sort of is, you know, applies to all of Am Yisrael. And so we say le'artzenu because... It's not clear where a person is davening from. Maharam ben Chaviv is his student. He's the, uh, the, Rish, the Rishon Letzion after, uh, I don't think Rabbi Yaakov Chagiz is the Rishon Letzion, but he was the Rishon Letzion in the, uh, the late, uh, late 1650s, 1670s. And uh, Maharam ben Chaviv, he came from a family that came from Sfarad. And he says, he says very simply, you change the Nusach according to the times. You change according to the times. If you're in Eretz Yisrael, then you say, Be'aretzeinu. If you're in Chutz La'aretz, you say, Le'aretzeinu. And he brings a very strong proof for this. The proof that he brings is from Birkat Hamazon. And he quotes from the, uh, the, Beit, uh, the Rashba, who's quoted in the Beit Yosef. Now, if you think about the, the brachot of Birkat Hamazon, who wrote the brachot of Birkat Hamazon? Anybody remember? Moshe writes the first bracha. Okay. And who else? Who writes the next bracha? Okay, Yoshua and David. Now, the problem is that we're told that they're midoraita. Okay? The first three brachot are midoraita. The fourth brachot is midorabanan. The first three are midoraita. How could Moshe, David, and Shlomo have written the brachot? So the answer is, the idea of the brachot were established midoraita, but the content, the actual written language of them is written by David and Shlomo and Moshe. What that means according to the Rashba is that the brachot evolved over time. You're not going to ask if you have a Ben Amikdash standing in front of you, right? You're not going to ask for the Rachem Hashem Al Tziot. Why does Hashem have the Rachem Al Tziot if everything's already been built? Okay, so this is something that is uh, changed over time. And Maharam Ben Chavib says that's a proof that we could also change Le'artzenu, Be'artzenu, depending on the context of the Makom and the, uh, and the Zman. And in fact, there's a fascinating discussion that comes up in 1913. In 1913, Rav Kook went on a tiyul. It was a rabbinic tiyul. They went to all the Moshavot in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Kook, by the way, was the Rav of Yafo and the Moshavot, the surrounding Moshavot. He went with, this is a fascinating tiyul, with Rav Kook and Rav Chaim Zonenfeld. Who was Rav Chaim Zonenfeld? He was the leader of the Eidah Haredit in Yerushalayim. So everyone went on a tiyul together to go visit the Moshavot, to try to strengthen them. And uh, when they came to a place called Yisud HaMa'ala, anyone been to Yisud HaMa'ala? Yisud HaMa'ala is in the Eimek HaChula. Okay, it was established in uh, the 18, 1870s, one of the earliest uh, Moshavot. 
It's a religious moshav. They struggled with malaria. They struggled with, uh, with the Shemitah controversy of 1910. They struggled with neighbors, Arabs fighting them. They almost left, but they managed to stay there. It still exists today. It's a beautiful yeshuv. We actually stay there every single Hanukkah when we go up north. It's a beautiful place. Yisoda Ma'ala. In, uh, now, in the sefer called Alei Tamar, which is a commentary on the Yerushalmi that was written in the uh, 20th century, there's a story here of the rabbi of of Emek Achuler, official Suleiman, who hosted Rav Cook and Rav Zonenfeld and Rav Charlap, and he benched, and he very he insisted he benched, and he did no sach of Birkat Hamazon. Okay, in front of these great rabbis, he insisted on Be'artzenu. Uh, what happened? How did they respond? Rav Cook was quiet. Okay, but Rav Zonenfeld, uh, he got he was he, he responded He was very upset about this. Okay, and so he responded. He says that's the nusach of the diaspora of Galut la'artzenu. We're in Eretz Yisrael. Everyone should be saying be'artzenu. And of acharei adiyun mitzdadim shonin mitbayar shegam amaram chabib ba mechaber sefer get pashut ba'grach v'lafia. They established that earlier rabbis like Maram Chabib had used the phrase be'artzenu. So they they came to some form of a haskama to say be'artzenu instead of le'artzenu. Now there's a beautiful website, Michal Mayim, uh, which is a, uh, commented on this, uh, on this incident. I, I thought it was such a beautiful insight. If the people of Yesuda Mala, who struggled for years with malaria and establishing themselves in the land, and they were, they went, they were impoverished, and, and they went hungry for years, if they were able to say, wow, Hashem, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for giving us every, everything that you've given us. Who's already brought us here and, and established us here. If they could say that, all the more so, we could, we could say it. We can say it. And Kava Chomer Biamenu, look at the last line here. Mi Yigol Afar Me'enehem Shel Chalutzim Vavetzion Ela Lirot Bifrichat Aretz Hayom Bekome Muta. If they were able to see the establishment, they were able to see the settling and see the, the light, the, the, or the light that was coming from Hashem, and to recognize the Siyata Deshmaya, the Hashkachat Pratit, that they witnessed and experienced, all the more so we can, uh, we can embrace, that, uh, embrace that as well. And finally, a piece by the Svat Emet, the notion of Komimiyut suggests Komot. And the Gemara in Baba Batra suggests that Komimiyut uh, is that it will be like Matai Mama Kishtemot Shel Adam Arishon. And the Svat Emet says that, what does this mean? It means that in the future times, the times of the Kula, we'll have two stories. We'll have built our physical goof, we'll have Tikkun goof, and then the, the, the level on top, which, which is Tikkun HaNefesh. What do I take out from this, uh, this mini, mini sugya? What I take out from here is, number one, the importance of going back to our roots. Komimiyut. Oh, we love the name Yom Atzmaut. That's the name. We celebrate it. But it's important to go back to the Mikoro, to the, uh, to the sources. And Ben-Gurion indeed, indeed was right about this. Number two, um, number two we learn about the uh, appreciation. If the people of Yisur HaMa'ala were able to recognize the Komimiyut, that they experienced of being be'artzenu. So all the more so we do, we have so much. But I would also say that we're somewhere in between the phrase of le'artzenu and be'artzenu. We still have Jews living in Chutz La'aretz. In Bezrat Hashem, they'll, uh, they'll make it here this year. And we still have our work cut out for us. So on the one hand, Hashem has brought us here. 
We've brought millions of Jews here. We're living in the time of Kibbutz Galayot, Pilei Pilei, miracles. We're living in a time of miracles, no doubt. And in that sense, we embrace because Hashem has fulfilled this promise from Parshat B'chukotai. But we still have a lot of work ahead. We still have, uh, we still have a lot of work. And we're embracing the challenge. We're embracing the way forward. And Bezrat Hashem this year, uh, this year is going to be the year that we, we come together, we continue to build, and Bezrat uh, Hashem, through, through Yom HaTzmod, Yom HaZikaron, all the celebrations, we should, uh, we should come together as a people, and uh, Mashiach sh- should come, Bimeravi Amenu, Amen. Okay, I'm going to turn it over to, uh, to Rabbi Ziering, the Chavod Rabbi Ziering.